welcome to Metrospective, the mega podcast where we cover everything you can master of Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin, and we're back to the Universal Century after much uh, waiting, I think. Yeah, we, sure, why not? Life attacked. Yeah, as it always does. Da- Dad said we weren't, we weren't ready for when life attacked. <laughs> <laughs> he called Dad a nothing master and fatty tatties. But there, yeah. was so, there was so there was so much bullshit that me and Nikki didn't talk about when we did like a mini Toon Goons episode on Brad Neely because it's like we exclusively didn't want to just devolve into quotes because that's half the episode was still devolving into quotes but like we finished the episode going like man we didn't talk about anything like that's because everything's just fucking like it's it's just so no man don't I don't even fl- I I am don't not to, to be, be flexed, flexed with, with right now fuck that I'm flexing um but today we're flexing. About uh, uh, a series that gave Tooch legitimate PTSD. I don't, yeah, no, it wasn't fun. And then Devin told me I gotta read the manga eventually, and I'm like, oh, joy. Mm, I'm gonna wait so a minute. So, we're do talking that. today about the four episode ONA Gundam Thunderbolt. We're gonna revisit this when we're, we're gonna probably next, whenever I've read the manga and I'm up to date. Mm-hmm. Tooch, however, is not. So, whenever Tooch gets around to reading the manga, we'll do an episode on where the manga, we'll do a part one of the manga to like where it is now. And then uh, after, like, probably after, you know, it seems that, like, the the, the, the volumes come out in a couple of year. Yeah. So I guess we can leave. I don't know. I'm not going to talk too much about the plot after the ONA. Right. Because the ONA roughly adapts the first four volumes, but cuts out a lot of the, uh, a lot more, a lot, not really fluff, but a lot of the, uh, the, the, the kind of the text. Sure. Uh, everybody gets a lot more kind of development, but I thought that they did a lot more unspoken character development in the ONA, which I thought was very, very good. Oh, yeah. This, this was really well directed. Like, if you, like... And they only had like an hour to work with, which was interesting. That they, yeah. they did, they did, they crammed a lot into that hour, and it was all really seamless because it all like it's just a lot of like set pieces. Like there's good set, like there's good story set up. Because like even if you know nothing about the one year war, they don't really make they don't make a whole lot of direct references to anything you would have to watch the original trilogy That's movies or the series the, to understand. Yeah, if you want to just get like I got my buddy Jack and he got them through this. Yeah. So if you want just like a really condensed personal version of the one year war, almost like a it's like a personal story like macross plus kind of where sure. it's like it's about it's less about the war and more about the personal war between these two people yeah that these two people that barely even know each other and that's think about all of the char and amuro moments in 0079 if you're familiar with it and then just like crank that up to 11 yeah and then add like condense and crank, crank everything up the mental instability too just war is bad war is really war is really bad, bad. takes place i think within like the last week of the one-year war it's like yeah it's so this is after the battle of solomon so zeon is pushed all the way back to alboaku and granada yeah the, so shit's about to go off big zam's about to show up well big zam already died oh fuck that's, really that's solomon ah shit alboaku is where char had the zeong and that was oh, like right the legless zeong yeah that was that was the um that's the that's alboaku Who's solomon f- was the battle for that it's space i don't need legs <laughs> <laughs> just give me it so, uh... Give me this giant man! The manga makes a lot more, um, references to, like, the zombie family and things like that, right. which I liked. Mm-hmm. And, cause, uh, they're actually making a, uh, a Thunderbolt movie that's apparently going to be, add, like, another 20 minutes of footage, so they might 
you know, they might just cut that for the OVA because I'm pretty sure it's a compilation movie. And this sure. this this would and honestly, like I would say, just watch the compilation movie instead of the ONA because if they have all the footage from the ONA, then just watch the compilation yeah. movie. Yeah, I'm sure out. you know, knowing business, knowing synergy, I'm sure when this was pitched, they were like. And plus, we can just put it all together with, like, 20 minutes extra for a movie and make even more bank. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, and this had a crazy budget, too. Like, I can it's tell really why they... good. I can tell why they went for the oh, the 15-minute the ONA format, because they, they managed to, like, not squander their budget at all. Yeah, and plus, like, if they're just streaming it online, there's no... Like, there's, there's no cost on, like, distribution, packaging, printing, like... And then they only have to do that when it's all over. Yeah, there's there's no there's no fact there's no factory space they have to run out to keep all the copies they don't sell. Yeah, exactly, and that's why it was this was such a hit. And I think I don't even know if the series is going to get a, a physical release. I think the movie is because I've already seen pre-orders oh, yeah. on Amazon for like for the for November Sky the movie. I mean, I'm sure like again, if the movie has everything, there might not be any reason to distribute yeah. the ONA. Yeah, if it's still floating around the internet, like why? Which is good it? if you can just get them in one disc with even more. Like there's no there's zero difference. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, so. This takes place during the last week of the One Year War, mm. and the Battle of Aboaku actually happens it, like directly after it, like almost like after the the main cataclysmic battle of the Thunderbolt Sector. The Battle of Aboaku erupts immediately. Dang. So what the Thunderbolt Sector is is we never really went to Side Four, right? Because Side Five we see was blown up in the Battle of Loom. Side Five was annihilated, and so was Side Four. Apparently, Side Four was completely eradicated. It's just a giant shoal zone, which is just you know it's just it's just wreckage flying through space. Since we mentioned Side Five, I just want to. I just want to continue to grieve for Cowboy Colony, oh, um, Texas Where? Colony. Yeah, uh, rest in peace, Texas Colony. Uh, <clears throat> ranch in peace. Ranch in peace. Ranch and cows. And so, yes, Side 4 is entirely eviscerated, and it's, but just due to the uh, the high density of electro, of, of um, just due to the high density of, you know, the way the colonies were built, mm. uh, there's this high density of, like, of lightning, and there's electricity discharges going off between all the pieces of wreckage, so this place is just constantly erupting with plasma, and it's called the Thunderbolt Sector. It's pretty fucking metal and so the thunderbolt sector is extremely dangerous it's the most metal area in the fucking solar system it's like a fucking like it's like a freaking wildebeest graveyard or something but in space and so the principality of zeon is using this as their last supply route to supply aboku so that they can sustain an attack but so the federation is looking to cut off this supply run so they can attack aboku and so essentially they have this – so the, the main two factions in this are the Living Dead Brigade of the of Zeon, which are an entire group of soldiers that have prosthetic limbs and prosthetic body parts due to losing them at any point in the war. Right. And fighting against them is the Federation's Moore Brotherhood because Side 4 is called Moore. And uh, so this is all people who were conscripted and they're fighting in the wreckage of their own home. Just – did this is just like – like the saddest thing, yeah, all around. So both both of these like both of these groups have nothing to live for at all, and they're just being sent to their deaths because they know because like the Zeon and Federation both know that like these people will die for us because what the fuck do they have to live for? They got nothing now. Well, because essentially what the Zeon are fighting for though is they're fighting to keep their homes. Yeah, to, and and the and essentially oh yeah no Zig Zeon I understand and the Federation are fighting because like you know they blew up our homes right exactly. Well, that's at least what the Moore Brotherhood is fighting for. So, uh, the main characters are E.O. Fleming from mm. the Federation, and E.O. Fleming is the son of the former Prime Minister of Side 4 that shot himself during the, uh, during, you know, the, uh, invasion of Side 4, and which led to Side 4's destruction. So E.O. has no love for the Federation, like, at all. He has no love for politics. He has a very daredevil, kind of very, like, live, like, adrenaline junkie personality, but he's, like, 
not quite all there. Oh yeah, no, he's unhinged. And he's obsessed with jazz. And that's the best part of EO, <laughs> is just, you, when you, the first time you see him, he's in a GM cockpit, and he's just, like, fucking drumming it up, listening to pirate radio. It's pretty dope. Another main character on the Federation side, the other two main characters on the Federation side are Cornelius and Claudia, mm-hmm. where Claudia and Cornelius were essentially um, EO's friends growing up, and uh, Claudia, they all went to the Federation Academy together, and Claudia, just due to her, you know... She essentially was of not really noble birth, but lived, but came from, like, an esteemed family. And so she, of course, got, like, rocketed through the ranks. Fucking fuck those fetties. And so she became a captain. And she's not taking it too well, because the Thunderbolt sector is fucked. Yeah, no. It's just so depressing. Like, you just watch them, and it's like, this is all, this is all fucked. This is all going to shit. Like, neither, neither of them can do, like, this is just a, and, uh, just a stalemate The last hell. character is me. <laughs> and his name is Cornelius, and he's just kind of like a he's an he's a mobile suit technician who is also you know childhood friends of Claudia and Eo, and he just wants nothing more than for both of them to survive. And so uh, on the Feder- on the Zeon side, we have we have Daryl Lawrence, a uh, a Feder- a Zeon sniper, like an, a, an amazing Zeon sniper. They even throw out the N word. They're like new type. Like, is he a new type? Jesus Christ! I didn't know where you're going. With no, that no, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's an M on 4chan thing. Where like when I was I, I was on M for like all the big discussions for when G Savior came out. Oh, and then like there was an entire thread when they used the word new type, and then they just had pictures of Ron Barral and like things like he used the N word because <laughs> that's like a big deal when they dropped the term new type. Of course it's from 4chan. Of course it's from 4chan. Like, the second I was like, oh, okay. It's from M on 4chan. So they even, like, they they pass and say, like, man, that guy might even be, like, a fucking new type. (gasps) And so he, uh, EO EO was part of the initial Earth Drop, I mean, not EO, Daryl was part of the initial Earth Drop uh, operations on Earth, where, uh... You know, right when the like right after the the, the colony drop, when Zeon started dropping Zaku's onto Earth and foot soldiers, and Eo, uh, Daryl lost both of his legs just immediately. Pretty much, he hit the ground, poof, lost his legs. Like a freaking Normandy Beach situation. Pretty just much, people landed and then died. Yeah. So Eo has prosthetic legs, and not Eo, Daryl. <laughs> Daryl has prosthetic. Daryl Lawrence has prosthetic. You're legs. like oh for four in like a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl has prosthetic legs, and uh, he's just this. His his let motive instead of being you know like this crazy like screaming sex, <laughs> yeah like freeform jazz is like this very sad almost like forties pop music. You have to listen to the legs he's not walking with. <laughs> so he always has this like really antique vintage like it even says Zionic on the front because that was from Zionic Electro- Electronics. That's pretty good. And like and he has this really old vintage radio and like I want it. Daryl's just like Daryl's just so sad. <laughs> Daryl is the saddest man. Daryl is my son. I love him. He has, like, fluffy hair, and he's just—he kind of just hates war, but he's good at it. That's, like, every important Gundam character. Except Rambaral. He loves war. I think he less loves war, and he more loves winning, and loves loves keeping his men alive. He loves space. He loves space. He loves space and hates Earth, because Earth is dumb. (laughs) Earth is dumb, and he also thinks Zeon's kind of dumb, too. I wonder if his last thoughts are, I can't believe I have to die on this shitty planet. (laughs) Essentially, the first encounter between the, the Living Dead Battalion, just like, EO launches in his goddamn GM, and then all of them are just immediately picked off by a sniper. It's boo, 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 all done. Yeah, and that EO, was... EO, like, you think EO's dead in the first five minutes, and you're like, oh, okay. But then, like, so it, show, it cuts to just, like, this quiet, serene, just like, bip, radar, fire, bip, radar, fire, bip, radar, fire. Where it's like, God. and then, uh, 
that and like that's that's like long that's like real long range warfare. That's yeah, like that's, that's drone strikes. That's drone strikes. That's and it's 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 the most. It just completely brings the humanity out of taking a life. Yeah, and it make it makes you understand how like oh if it was like if it's that easy. Who can't do that? Yeah. They're having a, a short radio conversation about what they're going to do after they get back to the ship. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to eat. I'm going to jack off. Something like that. And then, like, one of the one of them just get, like, he's like, wait, my cockpit's opening. What the fuck? And just gets shot in the face. Just he gets shot in the fucking face. And Daryl's like, what the fuck? And so that's when EO and Daryl first meet. EO steals a dom, and it, like, comes back to the ship. And the other's like, what the fuck? <laughs> What'd you do? <laughs> you launched a GM and came back in a dom. What the hell? <laughs> And so he he's, like, saluting, like, yeah, I'm the best. And him and Claudia have, like, this really kind of fucked relationship where it's, like, you could tell they were kind of in love with each other for at a time, but they're just so broken now, like, both yeah. of them. That, they, like, they can't function as a, as a couple. They can't function as people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, like, she keeps telling him, like, I can just order you to die if I want to. And he's like, fine, do it. Like, <laughs> to do it. Gets me hard. And so they lost most of their mobile suits, and so they're thinking, like, we got we got something new, and they get the full armor Gundam. Yeah. Which looks dope. I love how it's just the RX-78 with just a shitload of shit on it. And so they're like, who's going to pilot it? And they're like, you know, of course, he's fucking, you know, propaganda. He's like, he's like our boy. We got to. Yeah. And so EO. Oh, shit, the... what up? Yeah. It's that boy. <laughs> it's that boy. On the other side, we have Dr. Carla, and I forgot the other guy's name, the, uh, the douchebag scientist. Oh, yeah, that guy. I don't know. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Sexton. His name was Sexton. Right. Sexton and Carla. And so they're two scientists that are trying to, you know, she's essentially, she hates war. She's kind of a pacifist and she's there just to, you know, work on like biotic, bionic technology with like, you know, yeah, she artificial wants, limbs. She wants to help these people who don't got limbs. And then, you know, Sexton, on the other hand, is trying to ap- apply that to make them better at war. So they create the psycho device system. During their during EO and Daryl's next skirmish, Daryl loses his other arm. Whoops! Because he he went out in a Zaku one that didn't have a proper eject system. Like that's the best scene in the entire series. Like two of the best scenes in the entire series are with Daryl, and it's the one where he's testing out the psycho use system by like use it by moving a Zaku like it's his own leg. So that's what that his legs are hooked up to it. And it's just him imagining himself running on the beach with actual legs. And it's yep. the saddest thing in the universe. Mm-hmm. Daryl just wants his legs back. That's all he wants. And then, you know, he wakes up, and, like, a day later, and he'd lost his left arm. And he's just, like, s- sitting in, like... The idea of zero gravity, like, triage is the scariest thing to me. Because, like, he's just sitting in, like, a saran wrap bubble. Floating around with a barely properly bandaged arm. Blood floating everywhere. And his corpses everywhere. And he's just, like, losing it. Yeah. So Sexton talks to the captain of the Xeon ship, who looks like a pirate. He has a he has a hook hand. Yeah. And he says like, "All right, what are we what are we gonna do here?" And they're like, "Dude, we we can't fight that Gundam unless we use you know like the Psycho Zaku unless." And he's like, "We need to cut off Daryl's other arm," and they do. So Daryl has lost all four of his limbs, but can now pilot a Zaku like it's his own body to the point where he's literally a weapon of war. That's all Daryl is now. Jesus. And so Daryl mobilizes in the uh, in the Psycho Zaku. Just the the fighting just gets so bad, like because at that and you know at that the, point on the Federation side, mm-hmm. they they're so low on people. They just brought in the newest recruits from you know the goddamn academy, who are like seventeen, sixteen, fifteen, eighteen, maybe, and all of them just are like here's a GM, here's a gun cannon, just have fun, go, go fucking go for it. Remember remember your training remember that Lou. is not applicable in any real combat situation. Remember your semester of training. They're just they're just screaming like get back in formation and it's like they're just getting picked off and they're just screaming and dying for like several uninterrupted minutes. And, and... EO's just like, oh fucking 
and I'm and I'm just like, oh fuck. And like the the thing that I love about that scene is before they all go out, they all take pictures in front of the Gundam. Yeah. Because the Gundam is just such a fucking symbol for the of Federation victory. Like that's just such an Im- an image of the, of the Federation. That was the hard like episode three was like the hardest thing I watched this year out of anything <laughs> I fucking seen with my eyes. <laughs> episode three of Gundam Thunderbolt was hard. And I like f- I'm like following politics recently, and that was that's harder to sit through. I don't know, man. <laughs> it all comes to a climax where uh, Sexton's realizing that, like, like essentially he's, like, he was not aware that all these Zeon guys are so patriotic for Zeon that they don't really care if they're going to die for their country. And he's just like, um... <laughs> so Sexton bails. Yeah. He just fucking bails. And, like, in the douchiest way, too, where they're like, we gotta escort the injured. He's like, let me help. He kicks the guy away and just gets into the pod. And Carla is, you know, her and e- her and Daryl are pretty much ready to bone at any second, and they're mm-hmm. like, so Daryl kind of finds reason to fight for us to, you know, fight for her survival. So, you know, it gets to the point where the the fe- the the Federation ship is sunk. Like Claudia is shot. Everyone's dying. Eo is completely unaware of the situation because he's so like engrossed in combat. But then, like, yeah, well, mo- he just mostly all like at this point, all he cares about is killing Daryl. Yeah, that's like literally his entire reason for existing at that point is killing oh, yeah. Daryl. The Federation soldiers get aboard the uh, the Xeon ship, and uh, there's this really really fucked scene of like Cornelius is like no 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 we like they're all ready to detonate themselves with the ship, and Cornelius comes out he's like no 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 let's 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 just not kill each other for once, and then and then a GM just you know beam yeah. sabers everybody like hey nice job distracting Cornelius, and he's just like what the fuck, and so it le- so that leaves pretty much just Daryl and Eo having this like seven minute fight scene that's just. Some of the most intense shit. They pretty much mutually destroy each other's mobile suits, but the but the uh, Psycho Zaku is slightly better. And Eo is just, like, furious that he's losing. And then he, like, he looks out and sees Daryl with no limbs. And he's just like, I can't, I lost to somebody who doesn't even have fucking arms. Like, I, and Eo is just furious. So he's taken into, into Zeon captivity, held prisoner aboard Aboaku, along with pretty much every surviving member of the, uh, of the honey, of the beehive, which is their ship. And that's kind of where the series ends. And, uh, the manga keeps going. The manga, the manga's been going for... A while, and so I'm wondering if they're going to make a follow up. Maybe they probably they should. I mean, it leaves it lives, ends on a cliffhanger. Like I love that scene of like where Eo's like you know chained up in the uh, in his cell, and they're like they're, they're just taking turns beating the fuck out of him. Yeah, and then like the the Zeon soldiers like we can't allow this by our, by the Antarctic Trail uh, the Antarctic Treaty. Just just hit him one more time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a fucking impersonal rivalry, but such like a, simultaneously a personal one. Like yeah. It's just because, like, they both, they, they both, you know, symbolize exactly what they hate about the other faction in a single, in a single being, where it's like, to, to Daryl, Eo is just, you know, he's fighting for what he does for something he doesn't even really care about. He's fighting for no reason. His home is already destroyed. He doesn't have anything to defend. He doesn't have anything to go back to. Why is he fighting this hard? And to Eo, he's like, this guy's already lost his limbs. This guy's lost everything for shitty Zeonic ideals, and he still fights. Why? Like, they, they, it's like, they just hate each other. Like, they hate... They hate each other as much as they hate the Federation and Zeon, respectively. Yeah. And it kind of transcends that, almost. And it's it's and it's all unspoken. It's all unspoken, which is the yeah. best part. Yeah, they barely they barely talk to each other. Yeah, they have maybe two conversations in the entire series. Over, over screaming jazz. Over <laughs> screaming jazz and really sad vocals. God. Sung in anguish that still make me cry. Oh, no, like, whenever the episodes end, it's just like, that fucking music just fucking punches you in the You're gut. You're just like, oh, God. Just... Ah, war is bad. War, like this is the series I think Tomino wanted to make. Probably back in, in nineteen seventy nine. I wish Tomino could. Wait, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just kill Tomino in your brain? I don't know. He's old. I don't know. 
all the other all the other anime, all the other famous anime people I like are gone. Um, but no, I I hope he likes this. Yeah, it's because like, I feel like this is like because it's like a, a lot of like old like like anime or just Japanese media content creators. Like a lot of older video game people or a lot of old anime people or manga people are like they're really jaded with the way the industry is today. But this, I don't, I don't think this series. Like I could feel like I I think Tomino would attempt suicide if he watched if he sat through Gundam Seed. Probably. I, I feel that like Thunderbolt wasn't pandery. It wasn't like oh no, not at all. It wasn't trying to like. It wasn't conform. It was. It was. It was super Gundam, and you could tell it was made by people who adore Gundam. Yeah, that's that's one of the that's one of the things that always brings me back to how great Gundam is. It's just like you know, there's very few franchises that go on this long where you can safely say that like most of this stuff's good and is made by talented people who care about what they're doing. You know, because yeah. it, it could it could have so easily fallen into just you know. Oh, the the first few things were good, but now we're just cranking them out so we can sell shit. Like and Highlander. <laughs> God, yeah. Even, even like I or don't know. Stargate. Yeah, I'm I'm because I'm just trying to think of something. Or insert other sci-fi franchise, right? Well, yeah, like basically here. a lot of a lot of sci-fi franchises, especially fall by that fall by that wayside. But uh, but Gundam's always Gundam's always been really good. Gundam's always really like even like and even the even the arg- even the bad stuff or the, even the arguably bad stuff. Like some people don't like G, but some it's people like, don't like Double Zeta. Yeah. And it's like you know what though, like they they really they really try to do something different every time. They really don't just go back to the old song and dance. Unless every time. it's Gundam Seed. Unless it's Gundam Seed that just tries to that just tried to basically make a modern anime out of the classic anime. They tried to make a modern anime of 0079 and Zeta, and just yeah. ended up making an abomination. It's like, hey, hey, otaku's, are you tired of Gundam being good content, and not pandering to your titty statue obsession? Oh, we got the anime. We got titties in the opening. Yo, look at them. <laughs> and so, but yeah, this is a uh, this is not the seed at all. No, Thunderbolt is really good, and uh, the mech designs in this are fucking astonishing too. Like, it's the most detail that I've ever seen out of out of like one year war mechs. Out of one year more, uh, G- I know a lot six. of criticisms where people were saying that like we're kind of tired of seeing one year war stories because that's pretty much the majority of the UC is one year war stories. That's fair, but like this is. Some of the best. I mean, maybe it's because I'm not... Well, to be fair, in the manga, the one-year war ends at, like, the one-third mark. Yeah. And so it goes on to, like, the immediate aftermath of the one-year war. Uh-huh. Which is something we rarely have seen in in the UC. We've always seen, like... There's a lot of video games in manga that are about, like... Oh, no, Zeon remnants are trying to attack the Federation in 0080. And it's, like... And it's kind of like that. But the way the, the political landscape of, like... The immediate two-month aftermath of the one-year war is very interesting, and the way that Thunderbolt portrays it is really cool. Yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about that shit. I guess I can just say what the premise of the rest of the manga is. It's where, um, so essentially it cuts to about after the one-year war, and Daryl and Eo are both still alive. Daryl is on Earth, and he's trying to, you know, he, he's a, so essentially there's a three-way conflict brewing, where after the events of, of the Thunderbolt Sector's battles, the Psycho Reuse device is now in the hands of a of a Buddhist military state huh. called the uh, the called the South Seas Alliance. Well, as long as the Titans didn't do it. <clears throat> and so the South Seas Alliance have it, and they're declaring independence from the Federation because, you know, nationalism is at an all-time high after the after the one year war. Mm-hmm. And so people so the so the Earth Federation is on the brink of collapse. And the strongest faction right now is the South Seas Alliance. And they have this super weapon. So it's a kind of a three-way conflict between like Eos on this on this white on this on this Pegasus class cruiser. It's literally a white base, and it's called the Spartan. Wow! It has like a Roman helmet on the side of it. It's like, a Greek helmet on the side. It's really cool. So he's on the Spartan, and they're like this elite task force that are meant to you know get the shit back. And uh, 
the South Seas Alliance are trying to, you know, get independence from the Federation while, uh, you know, Daryl was also trying to get it back for Zeon, because, you know, right. Zeonic remnants. And Daryl essentially has become, like, a legend to, like, everybody else. And people are like, how the fuck does he, like, pilot like that? Like, what? How? Did you, what? <laughs> how? When? <Yes>. Where? <laughs> when? I mean, how? Huh? Huh? <laughs> and so, yeah. Hey, he's got, he's got no nothing. He's got, he got shit. But yeah, so that's what the rest of the manga is about. And I, uh, I highly suggest going to zeonicrepublic.com and uh, reading the scans there because, you know, they deserve the hits and the ad money mm-hmm. because they, they are doing a great job. And they're also, I'm also going to plug them a little bit because they're currently translating the, uh, the novel Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash, for, which, is, so, which is, you know, it bridges the – well, it takes place about 10 years after Char's counterattack. 12 years. Is that like getting something? I could have sworn. Oh no, because it's going to be in the Super Robot Wars, right? Yeah, it's in the new Super Robot Wars. And I did. And I, it's in the new Super Robot Wars, and I think like a little while ago I was on AmiAmi and I saw like a prototype of a yeah, model. Yeah, so kit. they might be they might be animating so that next. That's probably in the works. And so I'm looking forward to that. So I want to. So doesn't Bright have a mustache? Yes, <laughs> I can't wait. Well, it's it's about well, you haven't seen Charles Counterattack, so like it'll the plot of, of if I gave you a synopsis of Hathaway's Flash, it wouldn't really make much sense because it's that's it's, fair. it's hinged heavily on the ending of Charles Counterattack. I feel like you did one time though, but I don't. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. Reta- I don't retain stuff. So I don't hopefully want to. we'll. Um, <laughs> so so far that is one of the two Universal Century novels that is being translated right now. Well, mm-hmm. one of them's already done, and that's Gundam Sentinel, which you can actually just Google and read right now. Dope. And uh, I want to do Sentinel on the um, on this podcast eventually. Sentinel yeah. takes place between Zeta and like, it takes place immediately after Zeta and during the first half of Double Zeta. And it fixes a couple plot holes with, Z- with Double Zeta, and also is probably it goes into like the most detail with how mobile suits work in awesome. terms of like the technology and all that. That's that shit I like. Uh, but like I'm 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 constantly intrigued by light novels just because like for a while they're, they're not even... light novels they're novel novels. Oh okay, but I just, I just mean, like Flash I guess like a trilogy of light novels, but Sentinel's a novel novel. Just like like I don't know like J- Japanese novels Japanese. Uh text fiction in general because it's like for a while i didn't even comprehend it as a, as a market i could look into but now i'm like all about it and i think more people are starting to get all about it which is why they're localizing them now yeah they're localizing like, them the Monogatari novels or i have the first one i uh, a couple of weeks ago last time i was at second and charles well this the, the time before the last time i was at second and charles i go there a lot i got the the first bacano novel they're, oh, they're, nice. they're 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 localizing that and they're also i think they're also doing durarara dope they should because that's that's also a series of light novels books but yeah, uh, we definitely should do Gundam Sentinel at some point. Um, the only downside is unless you want to have like a lot of money, you're not you're gonna have to read that in a PDF form unless you want to print it all out. No, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, like I I just I would just put that on my like my tablet or like I have this really cool program that's like a PDF reader where like it just kind of scrolls for me. Oh. So I do a lot of reading while I'm in the bathtub and I just set my laptop on something and I just read like <laughs> that while I'm soaking. Oh man, that's. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, my phone, my, my phone's tiny for for an e-reader, but I make do sometimes if I really need to. Uh, but yeah, no, that that sounds like also a, my laptop like a good folds time. up in like a tablet form, so that's pretty cool. How dope! Yeah, <clears throat> ThinkPad Yoga, it's cool. I like it. I suggest it. It also even has like a fucking stylus. Oh dang! I was wondering what that little side nipple was. Yeah, it's a stylus. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. there it goes. Goodbye. You yeah. fucking you accidentally close our recording. <laughs> no, and so I would never. I would never. And so, so back to Thunderbolt as a as a whole. It's just this is a very good personal one year war story. It's 
it doesn't really develop the world anymore. I think like the sec- the manga sec- the second half of the manga really does, but. That's that's like that's the other good thing about a lot of Gundam content is even if it takes place in the Universal Century, it's it it's it's pretty standalone, I guess. Except like again, I know nothing about Unicorn because I want to experience it as fresh as fresh as possible. From what I see of Unicorn, I'm like, I really feel like you need to fucking know what the one year war was. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Like that's I know a lot of people are saying like I I tried to watch Unicorn, it was really pretty, but I didn't know what was going on. I was like, yeah, because you kind of need to but watch. Like, like, you need to watch 0079, Zeta, Charles. Because like, I guess it's sort of like it sort of creates some weird quadrilogy where it's like I mean this is how I compartmentalize it in my head. Maybe there's other stuff that also could fit in there, but it's like you know 0079, Zeta, Dubs Zeta, Charge Counterattack, Ch- Unicorn, Char gets his group back, and then Gundam Unicorn, Quintilogy, right? Well, like you don't honestly need Double Zeta. But don't you? Well, because there's a character. There's a character. <laughs> don't in... we all need a little judo in our lives? I mean, I like Double Zeta. Like, I will agree that Double Zeta is a fucked production. Like, sure. there's a lot of production issues with Double with Double Zeta. Yeah. But the second half of Double Zeta, and like, if you break Double Zeta into thirds, like mm-hmm. the second and third third are a lot better than the first. Right. Where it's like the show got off to a really messy start because Tomino was barely involved while he was making the events of uh while he was writing the. The pre-production shit for uh, Char's Counterattack, right? Because originally Double Zeta was going to be a Char was going to be the main character. He got to go ahead for Char's Counterattack, and from there we uh, we got Double Zeta. And I guess that like, that is just me like not caring if something's fucked for a while. I, I just really love I don't know. I, I just have a really low tolerance for for bad media for for quote unquote bad things. High tolerance, like, like high tolerance. If 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 it's part of a, com- a more a more complete thing that's better because like. Anytime I want to get into a large franchise, which happens often, I love huge franchises with a lot of media to absorb, I always see, like, oh, well, you know, start with this, don't watch this, skip that, like, maybe a little bit of this, but skip this part, and I'm like, nah, man, all of it. Give me all of it. That's the reason I haven't, I'm not a big Star Trek or Doctor (laughs) Who fan, I just don't have enough time in my life. Yeah, um... I mean, like, Star Wars EU and Gundam, that was, like, enough. But, but yeah, so, like, if you want, so, so, like... For for anybody trying to break into Gundam and and isn't like me and isn't isn't insane, uh, this is a good jumping in point. Th- this is a good jumping in point, but at the same time, any other one year war stuff that's it, I feel like it sets the bar pretty high. Like I love Gundam in general, but it's like just the, it's just the, the animation bar really high. Animation bar, but also like also like the war is bad bar. Honestly, yeah. I think this out Tomino Tomino. It did, but then again, you got to consider that this was made in 2015, right? And, and also, this is. Standing on the shoulders of Tommy now. Yes. Right. Like this came out in 2015, so. Right, and like, we wouldn't have Thunderbolt without 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 Tomino's without Tomino's other with uh, original stuff. So it's like, like yeah. It's... Honestly, if I say a good way to get into if you have a little bit of disposable money, mm-hmm. and a good way to get into Gundam would probably be Origin. Origin, right. the, like the manga, the Origin manga is a phenomenal way to get into Gundam. Okay, yeah, because I for a second I thought I thought you were talking about the OVAs, and the OVAs should really only be watched if you if you either read the Origin manga, which would have that in there anyway. Well, cause... but or like the like like my my friend, I watched the movie trilogy with my friend Rico. And then, without me even suggesting it to her, she, on her own, sought out the OVAs and, like, uh-huh. loved the shit out of them. Because she had seen the One Year War yeah, and had who, all that context. She knew who Char and Salo were, yeah. she knew who, who Garma was, knew who the Zabi family was. And we, we've probably talked about this whenever we talk about the OVA, whenever we talk about the original OVAs. Which we're gonna be talking like, about soon. Yeah. Um, if you... A lot of people might assume, like, oh, it's a prequel. I can watch it first. No. I mean, you can, it's just not gonna have the same impact. It's it's not so much a prequel because like there it it could be a prequel in a way where it's setting up stuff that you can then watch, but this is more of that kind of prequel that exists to give you context for information you should already know. Yes, 
it's it's a giant love letter to everything that comes after it chronologically. Like the whole thing about Origin is it's the whole thing about the Origin OVAs or the prequel bit of the Origin manga is you know it's like it's shit we've heard. Yeah, but we were shit. We were told, but we never saw. Yeah, like Jim Barral's name gets dropped like a couple times in the in, well, once in the movies. I don't know if he gets any more explication in the anime. And uh, we know who Zeon. We knew that you know the Zabi family killed Zeon Daikun mm-hmm. and blamed it on the Federation. That sparked the that sparked the one year war. Yeah, and we we didn't know we like we we didn't even know that Char used to be a cowboy. We didn't. No, we know that yeah. now. It was all part of Tomino's grand Lucas-like and like the vision. O- and the OVAs also have this amazing, like, ability just to kind of, like, do callback shots. Because we see that there's that scene of Rambaral holding baby Sayla. Yeah. That was in episode one. And then, and then like, Char leaving at the yeah. end of the second one. <laughs> yeah, yeah! And it's, like, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but so is Thunderbolt. You should watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunderbolt's great. It's, it, like, honestly... I feel like every every like every specific Gundam thing we do just turns into a general Gundam discussion. No, that's, I know, yeah. that's fine. Because oh, no, Gundam is probably it. the most well known Mecha franchise outside of well, it's the it's the Middle Earth of Mecha. It is, it is, and like it's the Mecha of Mecha. <laughs> controversial opinion: Transformers is utter garbage compared to Gundam. Well, then let's move on. <laughs> controversial opinions. It's a good thing Tooch is the editor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess that's about it for Thunderbolt. Um... So positives and negatives? Negatives, it made me really sad. Positives, well, that made me really sad. <laughs> I was gonna say the negatives are that like it cut out a little bit of the uh, a little bit of the ex- of the explanation from the manga. Right. And like, but then again, if you're if uh, me having not read the manga, I, I feel like I didn't, it didn't it it did a good job of making me feel like I didn't miss anything. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. I was just saying though, like if you're coming from the manga though, you you feel that you're missing some context. I've... I would assume that the best the best way to perceive this, if you re- if you would be really disappointed with story stuff being cut from the manga, from the anime, from the manga, is like read the manga. Well, I mean, if you're coming at it from after yeah. reading the manga, like just view it with the perspective of like this is a summary, and it's a bunch of really good set pieces, fully animated, like like a, a greatest hits moments, yeah, yeah. animated fully, like not. Like once again, they hit every key moment. The only thing they really—they didn't really cut out any scenes. They and just now cut you can out a lot. Hear the jazz. Now you can hear it instead of just like instead you can, of just... you can hear the notes they are playing. Yes. <laughs> We're cutting on that note. <laughs> we cry robots. <laughs> It's true.